The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Wimbet. Wimbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, Wimbet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. At sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use the promo code MADNESS for 10% off orders of $40 or more. Do you feel... The players who played for you at Anfield and Sunday let you down because all you can do is put them on the field, coach them as best as possible, do everything, then it's up to them that you know, they're top professionals. Do you feel personally let down by the way they performed? No. Uh, we are um, uh, in, the same mo- um, in the same boat and we, um, we do it in togetherness. And so we win together, we lose together. And so, uh, so oh, we make a mess on Sunday and we have to deal with that. ¿Sientes que los jugadores, porque al fin y al cabo lo que puedes hacer como entrenador es poner los jugadores en el campo y es ellos que tienen que rendir? ¿Sientes que te han fallado? Y la respuesta no, estamos todos en la misma situación, eh, tenemos nuestros objetivos y ganamos juntos, perdemos juntos, eh, fracasamos el, el, el domingo, pero lo hicimos juntos. Bruno Fernández, as captain. Did he meet those standards and is he captain going forward? Um, yes, <laughs> definitely. And I think he's playing a brilliant season and he's um, a really important role uh, why we are in the position where we are uh, because he's giving energy to the team. Uh, he's uh, not only running a lot and in the highest intensity but also in the right way, in the right direction. And he's pointing and coaching plays. He's um, he's an inspirator for the whole team. And yeah, uh, but no one is perfect. <laughs> everyone has his mistakes, and everyone has to learn. I have to learn, and he will learn as well because he's intelligent. And uh, so, but I'm really happy to have Bruno Fernandes in my team, and I'm really happy uh, that Bruno Fernandes, uh, if is Harry not on the pitch, he's our captain. We'll have more from the game against Liverpool shortly. Um, as Bruno Fernandes seems to be the main scapegoat of that defeat, we decided to open with that clip. Obviously, we weren't going to insert the seven goals that Liverpool scored at the top of the show. I would never do that. So instead, we went with an audio clip with Eric Ten Hag addressing this Bruno Fernandes situation. Shortly, we'll have an audio clip of Marcus Rashford addressing this Bruno Fernandes situation. And... A heated debate between Carragher, Sunis and Gary Neville as the Scousers decided to massively blow this defeat out of proportion. Was it a terrible defeat? Yes, obviously it was terrible. It was embarrassing. It was humiliating. But let's put in let's put things into perspective. Liverpool won that game 7-0, but it took them within seven points of Manchester United while they're out of every single competition that they played in. We are in every single competition that we played in. Are we going to win the league? No. But did I call that result going into it? Yes, because we've played now 20 games since we came back from the World Cup, more than any other team. 
it was bound to happen. It was bound to be something that came along eventually where Manchester United delivered a lacklustre performance. Did I think it would be at that level? No. But did I pick out that exact spot, that game against Liverpool, Liverpool's Cup Finals, be a game that we lost? Yes, I did. I did it right on this show on BetMUFC and you're listening to BetMUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow BetMUFC on Twitter at BetMUFC. It's at BetMUFC. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast. It's at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. And finally, you can follow my other Twitter account. It is at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. That's the Twitter account for LockBetting.com, the premium pay service that has delivered 117 months in a row of transparent track profit. If you want to do your research, all the spreadsheets from those 117 months are at the website LockBetting.com. If you want to do quick due diligence, have a look at the pin tweet on the Twitter account I mentioned at LockBetting.com because the pin tweet is the PL from the, just the previous month, the month of February, which was the 117th month. And that includes the card for the Super Bowl, which we absolutely destroyed, capping off a strong Super Bowl season. So if you want to get involved in the service, sign up for a package at LockBetting.com. If you want to get major discounts for long-term packages, three months, six months, or a year, shoot me a DM at LockBetting.com and I will tell you about the packages on Gumroad where we sell long-term packages. So moving forward with this edition of BetMUFC, as I said, we heard from Eric Ten Hag at the top of the show. Marcus Rashford was asked a question to about Bruno Fernandes and I've decided to insert that into the show as well. So have a listen to this. What do you say that, to people who say that as a team in the second half, you, you just gave up and stopped playing, stopped running? And also, what, what do you say to each other in the dressing room immediately after the game? We didn't give up. That's nonsense. We we was unorganised. Yeah, communication was bad. Yeah, that's why we conceded the goals. Um, but it comes down to the fact that you know, I I believe that everyone was trying to get back into the game that much. We come away from the team's principles in and out of possession. Um, you know, I mentioned it after the game. I felt like the forwards was trying to press as just the forwards unit. We weren't connected with the midfield. And then the same with the midfield and the defence. And, um, you know, we was trying to get a grip of the game when it was 2-0, when it was 3-0. Uh, we was talking, but I don't think we was, you know, really in agreement of, of what to what to do. And, listen, it's, it's happened. And the only thing we can do is learn from it um, and move on. So I'm, I'm happy, I'm grateful that we have a, another game so quickly because we have an opportunity to, to you know, take a step forward from, from the last game and, and put it behind us. Just losing against Liverpool is enough. It doesn't matter the, the scoreline. When you lose a game against Liverpool and you lose a game against any of your biggest rivals, it cuts deep and, um, you know, it's not nice. It's, it's never a nice feeling. But for me, I just always remember how many games that we've won against them and they have the same the same feeling so it's um it's it's football you know it's it's why everyone loves the game so much um but yeah it's obviously disappointing um but like i said we can't dwell on it and look back we just have to be you know thankful really and grateful that you know the games are coming thick and fast um you know because of all the principles that we've had from the beginning of the season we're in a position where we're still fighting on all fronts and we still have a lot of games to play so you know when when we have a game like we did against Liverpool we want to play as soon as possible because we want to put it right um, 
So yeah, tomorrow hopefully we can we can do that. Marcus, can I just ask your thoughts on Bruno as someone to play alongside and as a captain? Yeah, I love playing with Bruno, as you can imagine. Um, I think for for a forward, you know, like me, he is he's a perfect player to, to play with. Um, you know, I think he's, he's he's been a good leader for us, even when he's not been uh, captain, which is always a good sign. He's, he's helped other players become better leaders, and the reality of it is we can't be a well-organised team with just one leader being the captain. Um, so he's, he's he's done a lot for us in in terms of bringing his leadership skills in, and that was from the moment that he arrived. Um, so, yeah, I don't have anything negative to say about Bruno. Like the manager said, nobody's perfect. Um, you know, sometimes you want to win so bad, you, you end up doing things that are a little bit out of character. But, listen, 100% support Bruno and behind him. And I think as a team, we have to we have to support him because he's, he's a fantastic player. And, um, you know, like the boss said, we, we wouldn't be in the position that we're in if, if he wasn't playing games for us. So that was uh, Eric Ten Hag and Marcus Rashford addressing this Bruno Fernandes situation or this non-situation as far as I'm concerned. I'll talk more about my views on it in a second. Before I do that, let me tell you guys quickly about WinBet because WinBet are the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. March Madness is almost here, plus plenty of ways to win, getting down on the NBA, NHL, and the XFL as well. Sign up today to receive a special offer, bet $100, get $100, limited state availability. And of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There is so much to choose from. What we have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. This offers subject to change. Terms and conditions available at winbet.com. You must be 21 or older and present in a state where play for winbet is available. If you or someone that you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. So, it's Bruno's situation. It's a silly one. Was he petulant? Was he angry? Yes, and that's not something I hate to see. Last season, I saw a team who didn't have this kind of passion, uh, who became accustomed to losing on the pitch. And Manchester United should never be in a routine of losing. As um, as Gary Neville will say later, we've been on an incredible run, an incredible run of games, which has subsequently seen us fly up the table. Some people had us as outsiders to challenge for the Premier League. I did not But realistically, our aim at the start of the season was to finish in the top four and perhaps get our hands on a trophy. We've already won the first trophy of the season. We are comfortably inside the top four. It would be a massive disaster at this point if Manchester United were not to finish inside the top four. And even if we didn't, we could possibly still secure Champions League football via the Europa League because we have knocked out the favourites for the competition, beating Barcelona at Old Trafford. Just like we beat Liverpool at Old Trafford. Just like we beat Tottenham at Old Trafford. Just like we beat Arsenal at Old Trafford. Just like we beat Manchester City at Old Trafford. We have turned Old Trafford into a fortress once again and we return there for this round of 16 game against Real Betis on Thursday looking for a huge bounce back. 
So that is the current situation of Manchester United. We have overperformed well above expectations. And as I said, this result against Liverpool was bound to happen. But to criticise players specifically, suddenly criticising the performance of Lissandro Martinez, criticising Casemiro, particularly criticising Bruno Fernandes and even starting again on Marcus Rashford as early as the game against Barcelona because Arreo had a good game against him. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's typical of the way that the media cover Manchester United because Manchester United sell the most papers and, and magazines. The most publications are sold once you use the name Manchester United or you talk about Manchester United players or a made-up situation at Manchester United. And that's what this is. This is a bad result. Doesn't matter if it was 3-0, doesn't matter if it was 7-0. At the end of the day, these players gassed out. These players gassed out in the final 45 minutes. They did not feel that they could get back into the game. They significantly reduced their efforts, which means that they owe us a big effort when they bounce back on Thursday. That's all it is. It'll be interesting to see what the response is, because if there's no response, then suddenly it becomes a bigger problem. But as it stands right now, Liverpool reduced the gap on Manchester United to seven points. And if they scored seven goals or not, that's really irrelevant to me and probably should be irrelevant to every Manchester United supporter. I've I've seen across the board that it isn't. And what I've mostly seen is how Liverpool fans have made a huge deal out of this. Like this somehow puts them above us again in the pecking order. Look, I'll be the first to admit, and I already knew this going into the game, Liverpool's highest level is higher than Manchester United's and Manchester United's lowest level is still lower than Liverpool's. This is a team who challenged on four fronts last season, but the consistency hasn't been there for Liverpool. Liverpool have not been able to reach their highest level. They haven't been able to gel enough to find their highest level. They've had problems at the back. The um, the consistency isn't there. The the teamwork isn't there at the back. The bridge between the um, between the defenders and the defending midfielders, the holding midfield player, isn't there. The pressing isn't there in terms of the wing backs being in sync with the wingers and being able to put pressure on teams to win the ball high up the pitch. That hasn't been done this season. Teams have been able to pass through the lines of Liverpool far more comfortably, leaving them more exposed at the back with a centre-back pairing, despite having Van Dijk in it, that hasn't been as good and as competent as it has been in previous seasons. And that has been the problem. It's been too easy to play against Liverpool in most games so far this season. That's why Liverpool have a horrendous travelling away record so far this season, which is the main reason why they're not in the top four. They're also out of every single competition. So don't tell me off the back of a 7-0 win that the status quo or the imaginary status quo has been has been um, renewed because Liverpool beat Manchester United 7-0. They're still seven points behind us and they're out of every competition and will resume in the round of 16 in the Europa League on Thursday, a competition that we are favourites to win off the back of already winning the AFL Cup, off the back of being comfortably within the top four, which was our main aim at the start of the season and an unrealistic one to many because don't forget the books had us in sixth place in the market to win the league. We were the sixth favourites to win the league, which means that we should have finished sixth this season, according to the books. They had Tottenham as third, they had Chelsea as fourth, they had Arsenal as fifth. Obviously, Arsenal have massively overperformed expectations as well, but so have Manchester United. And I'm not going to blow this result out of proportion. At the end of the day, as I said, 
I believe Manchester United are still two or three players away from being genuine title contenders. And Liverpool's highest level is still higher than ours. And uh, our lowest level is still lower than theirs, as we saw on um, on Sunday, because that was the lowest level that Manchester United can play at. But it's not a level that we've seen consistently so far this season. We saw it at the start of the season, but Eric Ten Hag quickly turned that around. And uh, after bad performances, he's been very, very good at initiating a bounce back. If you look at the last blip against Manchester City, where once again, this team were hit for six goals and uh, the bounce back was immediate and it was swift and it was long term as well because we go from that City result to this Liverpool result and we see that Manchester United have been on a phenomenal run. So, as I said, not going to point fingers at anybody. Don't care about how Bruno was acting. He's still been phenomenal this season. He's run his heart out. He needs a rest. He's been a player who certainly needs a rest. He's been an ever-present in the team. He's somebody that Eric Ten Hag hasn't given a rest to. When you see the likes of uh, Varane, Casemiro, Marcus Rashford, other key players in the team, they've all been given their rest. Bruno hasn't. Uh, Christian Eriksen being out hasn't helped at all in terms of Bruno's minutes. But um, he's a player who probably does need a rest, but I still don't see him getting one because he's just been that good. So this season, grossly underrated by by the neutral supporters. Um, I, I feel that Bruno Fernandes is someone who doesn't get his due. Yet in this situation, because people dislike Bruno Fernandes, they have him down as a, as a moaner, as a play actor, things of that nature. He's often not credited for what he does. He's almost in the same boat, in the same category as Neymar, another player who, yes, was was overhyped at certain points of his career. But once the um, the petulant side of him and the play acting side of him was was at the forefront, and more so what was talked about the the skills and the good things that he did in games and the way that he controlled many games and how key and, and integral he was to um, some of the progress that Brazil made towards major competitions was all kind of swept under the rug. And I feel that Bruno is is a victim of that at the moment as well. But still a great player, having a great season, as is Casemiro, as is Varane, as is Marcus Rashford. And I'm looking for a bounce back in this game against Real Betis on Thursday. Before we look at that game, I'm going to put this audio clip in quickly to tie a bow on this Liverpool Manchester United situation. It's an argument between Graham Soonis and Gary Neville. And um, as you probably gathered, I'm completely on the side of Gary Neville as the Scousers try to once again blow this out of proportion, make it more than it actually was, which was a poor performance, a very, very poor performance. Let's not let's not let's not sweep that under the rug and let's not pretend it wasn't. It was a very, very poor and embarrassing performance. But that's all it was. It's not the end of the season. It's not a direction that we're going in. Soon as soon as in his clips tries to say that we've been lucky and riding our luck for weeks. You don't beat Barcelona by luck. You don't beat City at home and Arsenal at home and Barcelona at home and Liverpool at home and Tottenham at home by luck. The guy's an idiot. He's always been an idiot. He's always been a, a terrible pundit. It's not often that anything Graham Sooner says actually has any relevance or comes to fruition. And uh, Gary Neville is completely right on this clip. So let's have a listen to this. Jurgen Klopp wouldn't say that that was a 7 0 game. It was just a freak. Sometimes that happens. Yeah, it's going to be 10. Hang on, you, you keep saying it's Oh a freak. my God. No, I'm being serious. Can you be quite honest? Right, it was a freak. Right, it was a freak. Right, it was a freak. Could you see the freak properly from where you were watching? Because yeah. he it, didn't see the same game as I thought. It was a freak that second half, right? It was well, an absolute freak. freak. I know you're not listening to Carol, but what he's saying is if you look at a season in which Manchester United, and Jeff mentioned it to Ten Hag there, have lost 4 0 to Brentford, 6 against Manchester City. Was it the 3 0? They were freak results as well. 
enveloped. No, but it, but is there is there a, a concern that that's something that they could slip back into? Yeah, but what they've done in the last three months is build enough trust to a point where you don't think they're going to do that anymore. So that, to me, feels like a massive... Um, it's a step out of the character of where we've called these players resilient in the last few months. We've called these players streetwise, uh, tough, compact, together, spirited. All these words have been used about the Manchester United. None of us have expected that today. You've all, you're all shocked, apparently, 10, 15 minutes ago. So I'm using the same word. That's just a freak to me what's happened in that second half. Considering six goals in the second half there, look, they fell apart. And they've just been called unprofessional by the manager. We played in that dressing room for 15 years, but we never once labelled unprofessional. So they've got to own that. I said that before. They've got to have that living on them, that the manager thinks they're unprofessional today. To be fair, the last few months they've not been unprofessional. They've been very good. They've given their all in every single game. I'm hoping it's a blip. I'm hoping it's a freak performance and that they finish this season with a couple of trophies and in the top four. That'll be a great season. And I think that's where they need to concentrate on now. Finish the season strong, top four, trophy in the bag and maybe the FA Cup and Europa League still to go at. That is a successful season for Manchester United this season. And then in the summer, he can have another transfer window. They were going well. When you're going well and you got a punch on the nose and you lose a game, it's sometimes a good thing. It kicks you on for whatever games you have left, whether it's in a cup competition, whether it's to, to go and win the league or maybe both. What that result has done today, there is not a worse result for Man United, like if it had been the other way around for Liverpool on the end of a seven. If there's one team Man United don't want to lose to heavily, heavily, deservedly so, no freak result team so much better than them was coming to Liverpool today and getting turned over like this in a manner which is embarrassing for Man United embarrassing for the players embarrassing for the management it's a record result for them <coughs> this has been a really bad day for Man United and it's no freak result Liverpool could have scored more than seven for me they've got away lightly today that could have been worse than seven for them and they didn't turn up and all this talk about the resilient, you might have been talking about them being resilient. For me, they were winning games just by getting by. I don't think they've been convincing. They weren't convincing against West Ham in midweek. They weren't convincing in the cup final. I think they've been getting away with it. And they've still got a lot of work to do. That's a nonsense, Graham. That's a nonsense. That's my opinion. Your opinion is that Liverpool didn't play well today. They beat Barcelona, who were the top of the Spanish league, and beat them really well over two games. They beat them really well. They're playing every three days. They've performed every three days. Even the game they lost to Arsenal, they played well. I'm sorry, I watch Manchester United a lot more than you do, and that's nonsense. And I saw Arsenal... Old Trafford and should have beat Man United yeah, at Arsenal. Honestly, they played a honestly. Ago. In the last few months, they've this is the worst possible well. result for Man United. This is more than just a punch that, on the nose for them. That, that, that this tells is a humiliating you the, the, result. The reason for them. it's a freak is because it's not happened for about eighty or hundred years. It's so no it's, freak result. You lost six, six already. Nil, we got beat six nil. At six is that a freak three. as well? We Any time Man United lose, we lost five nil at Newcastle, who was second in the league at the time. I've even been top. We lost six three at Southampton. It happens sometimes. Yes, they lost a couple of games. We lost, but happens once a year to top teams. No, no. We lost six and five in one week and still won the league. So my point is, it can happen. It happened in one season, in, within a week. So it does happen. So, it doesn't... so they're just, this is just a freak result today, no, in your opinion. My point is, I think this was a disgraceful result, but it's been out of character for this group and this manager over this last few months. But it's not, Gary. They got beat six by City. What is it you don't understand about facts? They got beat six by City. They conceded four against Brentford. They've conceded seven today. It must just be that these teams, what, were lucky?
Yeah. You say, Gary, we won the league, but this team won't be winning the league. No, no, they won't win the league. He needs another couple of transfer windows, Eric Ten Hag. He needs other investment. He needs to obviously change. Players in this squad, he's getting out of these players. We'd written half this team off in the last two years. Rashford, Dallow, Wambasaka, Shaw, Varane. Fred, Matt Tomney, they're all still playing those players and he's achieving unbelievable things with them. So I've got faith in what he's doing at this moment in time. He deserves a little bit more, if you like, back from the players than what he's got today. But in that second half, that is out of character for what we've seen in the last few months. That is out of character. They've gone, I think, only lost one game in 25 or something. That is out of character. They deserve more than what they've preferred put out there today. That's not the norm for those players in this last two or three months. They've improved enormously. But it is the norm in the last two or three years. But it's been a normal season. Look, since Eric Tenard got a grip of them two or three months ago, Ronaldo left, that group of players have been tight, they've been spirited, they've fought every game, they've gone every single week, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, and they've been fighting every single match. I've seen it with my own eyes. That second half, in the last few months, since he sorted the dressing room out, is a freak. It's not you've a freak. Yourself, oh you've talked yourself out of your good mood. Should we keep going on? And we're going to go around oh, and we're going to go around in Trust me. No, Trust me, I'm still no, in a good let's mood. Let's not Trust keep me. going all night. Yeah, thankfully, we didn't have to listen to that all night because um, Sunis talking shit as usual. Uh, anti Manchester United, always has been pro Liverpool, anti Man United. Uh, we have a lot of these pundits all in jobs across BT, across Sky, all these, um, these Liverpool, ex Liverpool players who've actually never won. A Premier League title themselves. Um, you have Jamie Carragher doing the joke on Peter Schmeichel with the with the seven up can, which he had on the Champions League show. Peter Schmeichel could easily respond by having a can of Coke Zero, because that's how many Premier League titles Jamie Carragher has won zero in his entire long career playing for Liverpool, season after season, zero Premier Leagues. Now, Roy Keane chipped in there a little bit as well. And, uh, and said that they used to win the league off the back of losing those games against uh, Newcastle and Southampton. I remember Manchester United did go on and win the league. Well, yes, we did, because that team was a phenomenal team that had a lot of resilience. But at the same time, you used to be able to win the league with about 80 points. And this season, I expect Manchester United to finish close to 80 points. In fact, in previous seasons, Manchester United have finished as runners-up with more points than some of the Alex Ferguson teams won the league with. So the standards are higher at the moment with the the teams in the bottom half, particularly over the last five, ten years, performing worse against the top sides, just kind of rolling over for the likes of Liverpool and Manchester City as they reel off 90-plus point seasons with great regularity. It's a lot harder now to drop points and recover from that because if you drop points now it means a lot more than it used to back then as long as we continue to go down this path obviously this season's a little bit closer obviously this season will be won by a lower points tally you're not going to need 99 or 100 points to get it done but ultimately I don't think what Roy Keane is saying is a valid comment this team are definitely moving in the right direction and, and particularly with Keane I feel like that he's kind of built up this this character where he needs to be super critical because people will use those sound bites and they will use those clickbait comments because that's how Keane has to stay relevant. And that's why Keane is able to get media jobs across multiple media platforms. And obviously being Roy Keane and, and doing things in the Roy Keane way and being this angry, critical little man um, gets him more work and gets him more money. And I think that's the bottom line for Roy Keane. I'm not even sure sometimes that Roy Keane believes in what Roy Keane is saying. He's somewhat become a, a caricature 
of what Roy Keane is supposed to stand for, where he always goes down this this kind of negative route and is always looking to slam his former club. Perhaps he's still bitter about the way things ended between himself and, and Alex Ferguson. I'm not too sure, but um, his legendary status drops with me every time he needlessly continues to bash this club over and over again and um, isn't able to um, even take in the the good accomplishments that we've had uh, such as you know massively improving this season um, and when already winning a trophy and looking comfortably inside the top four he, he continuously points to the fact that we're nowhere near winning the league we're nowhere near competing for the league well it's his first fucking season Roy like the guy just got the job so what do you want him to do? Nobody expected him to win the league, and now we are behind the the, the chasing pack. We, you know, we're just we're just in that next group where we're not challenging Arsenal and Manchester City, but we're well inside the top floor. You're complaining already that we're not challenging for the league. It's just it's just clown shit for me, um, and I'm starting to just ignore pretty much everything Roy Keane says. So before we move on to looking at the game against Betis. Let me quickly tell you guys about Underdog Fantasy because we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is your home for off-season NFL best ball drafts, but they also got you covered for a ton of other daily games, including NBA, NHL and PGA. Underdog Fantasy is a great way to get down on your favourite player props if they're not already available in your state. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com and the promo code SGPN. So... We're going quite long here with this show. What I'm going to do is I'm going to touch on Manchester United's prospects in the Europa League, in the Europa League future show that we drop. And that will include looking at the futures market for this game against Real Betis. So what we'll do here is we'll primarily focus on the 90 minute markets where Man United are the two to five favourites on the money line. It's four to one on the draw and it's seven to one here on Betis. Just out of interest, the qualification odds see Man United at one to four with Betis at 11 to four. Betis are a decent team. They're very, very capable. Otherwise, they wouldn't even be in the round of 16. There were easier draws that we could have been given than real Betis. This were a team who were comfortably in the top four uh, towards the beginning of the season. They have had a little bit of a drop-off as of late. As we play them now, they are sitting in fifth place in the league. They are significantly behind the leaders, Barcelona, who we've already beaten. So there's a 21-point gap there. And they are three points outside of the top four with Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid and Real Sociedad currently occupying the other positions. They are currently in a position to qualify for the Europa League. They are four points ahead of Villarreal in sixth place and Villarreal currently occupy the Europa Conference League position for La Liga. So this is a good team, but as I said, they have had a little bit of a drop off in form as we come into this game. At the weekend, they had a nil-nil draw against Real Madrid. Prior to that, they had won three straight league games in February, winning away to Elche 3-2, winning at home to Valladolid 2-1, winning away to Almeria 3-2. And prior to that, they suffered back-to-back defeats, losing to Celta Vigo at home 4-3, which is a very disappointing result, and losing 2-1 at home to Barcelona. So this team are very, very beatable. When you look at the league table and you look at the fact they are 21 points behind Barcelona, who've already beaten this is a tie that Manchester United should be winning. It's just a case of how you tackle it. For me, I'm going to take Manchester United to pick up a win here. And I'm going to tackle the over one and a half goals to add a little bit more value to this two to five line. This gets you to the price 
of four to six minus 150. Now, you can add on the over two and a half goals instead if that's a little bit short for you. That gets you to plus money at six to five plus 120. There is obviously significant data for that, especially when you're taking an over in a game to feature a Man United team that conceded seven goals at the weekend. So if you want to sort of buy into what you saw a little bit more than I am for Sunday, this is a game, this is a play that will obviously appeal a lot more to you. Man United having an excellent season so far, particularly at home where they have won 11 of the last 15 Europa League games at Old Trafford. There's some obviously historical data there, but I'm using it here because um, I still think it's relevant. Real Betis are yet to lo- you lo- yet to lose in Europe so far this season, but I do think that will end here in this game, what I think will be an attacking high-scoring affair. 12 of United's last 15 home games have produced at least three goals, and each of the last six home and away games have been high-scoring affairs as well. Betis have seen three or more goals scored in five of the last six matches in all competitions, and I don't think this will be a game. This will be a team who will come to Old Trafford and sit in with a defensive low buck. Man United, though, I think have to be the play here at Old Trafford. They're unbeaten at Old Trafford since September, winning 17 of their 19 games. Betters have only won one of their last six previous meetings of English club and 12 of Man United's last 15 home games have produced three goals or more, therefore cashing the over two and a half instead of just the over 1.5 that we're tacking on to get Manchester United on the money line with the over 1.5 goals at four to six minus 150. So it's very, very important, I feel, that Manchester United do win this first leg because obviously our home record has been key to our success so far this season. We want to go to Betis with at least a win. A two-goal win or a three-goal win would obviously be much better, but the minimum requirement, I feel, would be a win, something that we could protect in Spain because if we don't, if we somehow continue to have a hangover from that 7-0 defeat and uh, we end up drawing this game or even worse, losing this game, I feel if we lose this game, that's going to make things very, very very difficult for us. If we go there with a win or even a draw, better still have to chase the game to some extent. So that does allow Manchester United to play on the counter-attack and to pick them off. And uh, that puts us in a particularly good position if we are ahead because that means they have to chase the game even more. So anything but a loss, I still fancy Manchester United to go through. I think winning, though, is the minimum requirement, especially after what we saw on, on Sunday. I feel we need a bounce back here. And your lean, once again, is going to be Man United with the over one. 1.5 at the price of 46 minus 150. That's it for me. Good luck with all of your bets as always, and thanks for listening.